Hey, 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 it's the Steve Maraboli Podcast, Whispers of Genius, Echoes of Madness. I hope you're all doing all okay out there, wherever you are in the world. Just know I'm sending endless love and hugs during these challenging times across. Uh, here I am in New York, in, in quarantined New York, uh, and across all the way on the other side by the mountains. Steph, how's it going? Hi there, it's going good. How's it going with you? Good. You know, it's... um. It's still the same, you know. You you, you get time to, uh, I get <laughs> I get a lot of alone time, and uh, I get to not only make some new behaviors, but uh, also address address some old ones. You know, like everybody else. You know, you you find ways. You watch every show you've ever wanted to watch. You listen to every podcast. <laughs> you do. You find ways to. Uh, uh, to entertain yourself and get s- some stuff done. Never, never getting as much done as you think you're going to, but uh, <laughs> having, uh, trying to stay sane. There's some like mental health stuff that comes with it too, where you have to stay sane, uh, especially uh, here, here in New York, where we're not, uh, we're not allowed out. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, they just, they just, um, the fines I think are about a thousand dollars if you're not socially distancing outside. So. It's, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. So they they really, really want people to stay home. You know, the the first responding uh, medical health professionals, they're out there, they're at work. So so that uh, so that we stay home. So it it, it keeps it keeps everything going. Um, unfortunately, we were fortunate in the beginning because we had really crappy, cold, wet weather. Um, mm-hmm. But the weather started to warm up and, and, you know, springtime in New York is beautiful. And we, it's so many parks in New York, Brooklyn, the boroughs, uh, Queens, Long Island, uh, uh, so many beautiful places for you to go. Beaches. Don't forget we're surrounded by water. So uh, as soon as the nice days come, people are cooped up and, and they want to get out and they feel fine. So they go outside and, and that's, that's the problem. So, so yes, yeah, so now they're resorting to, <laughs> to hitting you with a thousand dollar fine. So, uh, I'm trying to stay safe. I, I know that, uh, in my mind, uh, that, that in my mind, I, I still have that kind of, uh, idea that I won't get it, that I'm more likely to pass it along. I don't really get sick mm-hmm. that often. So I feel like I'm, I'm more of a, uh, um, someone who carries it, you know, a carrier who, who gives it to others. So I'm trying to keep to myself and, and the first few I guess the first couple of weeks were a battle as far as staying on diet um, without having the exercise routine uh, that I had. I, I didn't come to realize that it was also like a a positional routine. In other words, going to gyms and positioning, you know, after my appointments, between appointments, going to gyms, going to jujitsu, doing that stuff was not only an exercise routine, but it was a location routine. So I knew where to eat healthy and what not to eat, and I wasn't distracted or tempted by uh, things that weren't healthy for me. When all of that disappeared, including the work appointments, um, well, I, I I met every temptation uh, and every test of of uh, diet will, and uh, I lost every single one of those <laughs> <laughs> contests. So uh, back on it, and uh, and changing behaviors and, 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 mm-hmm. you know, for me, I, I've told you all so many times that for me, it's not a matter of, of, of strengthening that will. And to me, it's, it's about not engaging in those battles. So creating a, a an environment that's conducive to growth and an environment that's conducive to not being in those situations. And so, um, I'm back to doing that in this new, in this new normal of, of quarantine, uh, life. 
but at the at the same time, kind of happy that uh, that I'm not in quarantine like like my <laughs> married friends. <laughs> quarantine. Quarantine. Just word? everyone just fighting about the stupidest stuff because you're cooped up together. Uh, this is the challenge. This is the test that that'll see. Uh, you know, we have endless uh love quotes and relationship quotes where we talk about the the longevity of a relationship really not dependent on much as love as it is on friendship and uh, and that's being put to the test for those people out there in quarantine because they're seeing they know they love each other uh, that's not a doubt that's not in question what they didn't maybe even think about before until spending a few weeks together is do we like each other <laughs> And that's that's huge. You you definitely want to fall in like uh, before you fall in love. And and if those things aren't working together, then then the longevity's in question. And if they are working together, then you know that's you know endless endless love is fueled by endless friendship. So uh, that's that's what we're seeing. So I'm grateful that I'm not arguing or being argued with on a daily basis, but I am having to to uh, adjust my own habits so I can stay healthy and fit for, for when this does normalize a little bit and I can go back to being me with, with a sane mind and not feeling like, oh man, now I have to undo all this physical damage I've done to myself. <laughs> I don't want to be in that position again. I've worked way too hard to get where I am to throw it all away uh, for something like this. So that's what I'm up to. Do you guys have a strict lockdown in uh, Utah? Um, I, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. Yeah, I I haven't been in Utah long and I've just kind of been hunkering down just in case. So I'm not sure what the rest of Utah is doing. I, for myself, I've been, I've been staying at home, so I'm not sure what their laws are right now. Awesome. (laughs) I think that's the, that's the, the better way to go. I appreciate you putting uh, the show stuff up and I know that I think there was a fun question this week about ghosts. So that's going to be fun to see what people were saying and thinking. Uh, what are we doing for today? Okay. All right. So we're going deep. Going deep. <laughs> I'm ready. We're going we're, we're gonna to go deep. So I really love this quote and everybody loves this quote. And I was wondering if maybe you could go deep on it. It's, I offer my scars what you call wisdom. Seeds of knowledge that have been watered by tears and flowers of hope that are nourished by love. It's a garden of experience made beautiful by self-acceptance. The insight I have gathered from my comfort of living within both the light and the shadow. Oh, that is a good one. And that is deep. Those, those are the ones, those deep cuts are the ones I like a lot because it's, um, it's synonymous with that. I want to say my, my later transformation, I feel like we're always going through some sort of transformation and realization, but I think that my, my most liberating times weren't really came from uh, not only accepting the good, the good in there, but, but finally rolling around with the dark, finally addressing the things that we run from, finally addressing uh, those, those dark aspects. And, and a lot of times I looked back and I said, wait a second, I thought that the, the good parts, the wise parts weren't related to, to the dark. They weren't related to the careless. They weren't related to the selfish aspects of me. And I was completely wrong. You know, as, as I, as I started to see, um, how people were responding to what I was writing, um, 
you know, I'm, you, most of the my audience knows me as a writer because they see as I write it. But I consider myself an experiencer. Like I experience it, and then I, I lay it down on paper, and sometimes bleed on paper for for all of you to experience it with me or experience it as I experienced it. And so, I started seeing that, and I found it so interesting where the people were. The, the comments that they were writing about, you know, thank you for this wisdom. I needed this. Uh, I never looked at it that way. Wow, this is so helpful. Those type of messages, you know, we get thousands and thousands of. I, I look at the message that they're responding to and I'm, I, I think to myself, it's, it's so poetic the way that I wrote it. But I remember that shit sucked. Like it was so painful and, and it was dark moments in my life and, and times that I had been betrayed and times I'd betrayed myself times I had, I had, uh, been disappointed in others and in myself and, and just dark moments that, that I would, would turn away from instead of just looking at it. And, um, for me, it was, uh, you know, my scars, the scars that I have in life, the, the emotional scars are what, my readers call wisdom. It's what I call wisdom. And then I look back on the people who I think are wise, the, the, the writers who I look up to. And now when I read their works, the same passages that inspired me and empowered me, they still do. But I have a deeper appreciation for the pain that probably led to those words, the events that probably led to those words. So, so yeah, the, the seeds of knowledge that have, they have been watered by tears and yes, it's a, it's a, an experience. It's, it's a garden of experience, a garden of flowers that, that have been nourished by love. And sometimes it's self-love and sometimes I've needed other people to pick me up and, and, and it's, it doesn't become beautiful until you accept it. No, it, it doesn't become beautiful until you accept it. When you accept yourself, you are freed from the burden of needing other people to accept you, but you're also freed, when you accept yourself, you're also freed to learn from those experiences. So when you're denying it, oh, oh man, I can't believe I did that, turns into, let me just never think about the fact that I did that or went through that. When you deny it, you also close the door to gaining anything from it. But when you accept it and say, okay, shit, I did that. I went through that. I made this good choice or this bad choice, or I behaved in this embarrassing way or in this uh, poisonous way or in this, you know, whatever it is by accepting that you did it. You don't have to, you don't have to think that you were right. You don't have to change it in that way, but the accept that you did it opens the door to be able to learn from it. Why did I do that? Why did I allow myself to be in that position? Why did I sell myself short? Why did I, what caused me to behave this way? And it's only by that self-acceptance that you can gain some sort of perspective and healing from it. And when it starts healing, you know, it's, it, it stops being raw and it starts healing and usually heals with a scar, right? The deep ones don't just heal and disappear. The deep ones are scars. And so you you experience that you you allow yourself to the the pain of walking through it but in doing that it starts healing and that scar becomes wisdom you know when i was just talking about diet at the open of the show and i was being light about it but i was saying you know i i went through too much to throw it all away uh like that 
I threw that as like a passing statement, but what you actually heard was a wisdom scar. And what, what's, what's behind that, Steph, is the amount of times I did something really, really good in my life and threw it away for some bullshit few minutes of satisfaction. <laughs> Build up this tremendous mountain and, and a, a, a few minutes of pleasure just throw away your whole thing. And so when I'm mentioning that with diet and you see how, for, for those of you who follow me on social media, you see what this journey of five years has been of, of refining, improving, enhancing and, 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 and seeing, look, within two weeks, I start throwing it away. I can, I can almost watch my abs disappear. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something I bragged about uh, last year, which is, you know, here I am with, with abs as a, as someone in their mid forties, I can watch them disappear. Uh, and so for me, I know that behavioral pattern. And so I'm like, wait a second, I got to put a stop to this because I will throw away something amazing for something poisonous. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the only one who will throw away something amazing for something poisonous. I've just accepted that and now have to build new behavioral patterns and gauges to avoid it. So when I write that about offering my scars, what you call wisdom, I mean it. And, and I mean it literally not not just artistic poetically i mean it literally what you call wisdom are my scars these are my mistakes this is a a, a stubborn uh, uh, the the stubborn old man who's passing along timeless wisdom to to the youth this is my version of that this is my version this is insight i have gathered from my comfort of living both within the light and the dark i have accepted those polarities about myself. I had accepted those polarities about the people I look up to. I didn't know that that Emerson, Thoreau, Twain, King, all these people that I look up to whose words, Hitchens, um, Ingersoll, like all these people who, who I look up to, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, whoever it is, who, who Whitman, uh, so many, so many writers who I look up to, Hemingway, they, I can, I can respect and appreciate the power of their writing, the beauty of their insight, the, the, the way that they just put themselves out there vulnerable as ever, but knowing that that comes not only that light doesn't only come from a place of goodness, it comes from a darkness as well. Sometimes polished up and, and, and a light shines on a scar of a bad behavior and it becomes poetry. And I can appreciate that now more than ever because I am that. So when I, when we post those kinds of thoughts from me and especially in, in the, the um, whispers of genius, echoes of madness book, there's a lot of that in there. There's a lot of, it's almost, I was raised Catholic. So for, I don't know how other Christian denominations work, but in Catholicism, we have what's called confessions and you could do it once a week. I don't know if you should, I, I forget that if, if, if you should do it once a week or you could do it, but both are true. And, um, <laughs> And it's something where you kind of just like get this off your chest and share and that kind of thing. And, and, uh, this book in some aspects of it, it is that some of the pieces are, are almost confessionals and, mm -hmm. and where it's, it's me being, uh, uh, vulnerable, honest and, and psychologically nude 
uh, in my description of my of my life of of how I became this version because I, I think that it it's helpful to see that I don't think there's enough honesty about it I don't think people are open to they love talking about how good they can be and I think that's important to talk about how good you could be you inspire other people by being good um, but I don't think enough people are comfortable enough with their shadow with how dark they can be with the with the with the the bad behaviors they have and and I uh have become comfortable with that and I have rolled around in it and and I like talking about it it's a little weird sometimes Steph because most people aren't so mm-hmm. people are excited to talk about your shadows but when you're like hey you know you have you haven't you ever bop 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 and suddenly they close up and clam up because <laughs> because they're not ready to talk about it so um it's it it becomes another lonely conversation when when you're ready to you know annihilate your past behaviors but nobody else is but for me mm-hmm. sharing it with our amazing audience and 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 I see the comments you know we 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 keep comments pretty pretty close by and we we read them and I see some people who are absolutely transparent and and you could see the healing that they have because as crazy as I may find it, you know, there are a lot of people who look up to writers like me, like I looked up to Twain or Emerson or Thoreau and, and, and had Twain, Emerson or Thoreau been so sincere in, in their darkness, I would also find healing in it. And so, um, people find it in, in ours. And I, and I love the fact that, that sharing this really is helpful to people out there so that they recognize that there is there, you know, we are atoms and molecules in motion. That's the beauty of this universal experience of ours. This human experience is one that is a physical experience. It is. It takes place. Uh, we're going to talk about spirits and ghosts, but um, talking about humans, this takes place on this dimensional planet and this dimensional experience. And we are subjects to the laws of physics, and we are created by that physically now. And and there is no such thing as a one-sided magnet. So, so we have to know that there are polarizing aspects to us. And, and when we can embrace to the degree that we experience those and behave on those, I think that's a really empowering place to be. And I know that it's been a, an absolute life changer for me as, as, I, uh, as I get a little older and I feel a little wiser. Uh, some of what I attribute that wisdom is, is, is not in gaining the new experiences, but in gaining acceptance of past ones and, and culling wisdom and culling uh, better habits from it. Ooh, hello. That was awesome. <laughs> Thanks. You asked like one question and I talked for I three hours. Sorry, oh, everybody. Really this is just me. This is the mistake well, they... everyone makes when they talk to me. They ask, they're like, hey, Steve, how's it going? Three days later, I'm still talking. That's a, that's really good. I think a lot of people are probably, I mean, you know, being in this quarantine and social distancing are probably dealing with that themselves. Like the, you know, looking in the mirror. What do you see? What do you like? They're spending so much time with themselves. <laughs> Yeah, They're well, probably, yeah. you start recognizing and dealing with things. So quarantine is kind of like solitary confinement in some ways, even if you're with somebody else. You know, a lot of people in, in quarantine are, have to recognize and deal with this. So quarantine, not only are we social distancing from each other, there's there's a, a distance we have uh, from other humans, but we're we're getting closer 
a closer proximity to ourselves. So we're distancing from each other, but we are a closer proximity to ourselves. And a lot of times that, that, that self that we've been avoiding you know, many people during the quarantine are, are, are running into and having to address this behavior that, that you've been avoiding, this, this shadow behavior. And, and you, you, you pay attention, you know, pay attention to that. Don't avoid it, but pay attention to that shadow thought process. You know, remember, when you accept it is when you can use it for something good as opposed to it always being in there and being weaponized against you. you a lot of times you weaponize yourself you know it's almost like blackmail against yourself it's extortion against yourself mm -hmm. but when you accept it and free it like that is um that acceptance empowers you because then you are free instead of running from it instead of avoiding it you are free to shape it into something that is helpful for you instead of a poison it becomes a nourishment instead of instead of something that hurts you it becomes a tool for your life so pay attention to that shadow thought process and the, the behaviors that are in your shadow um, and stop ignoring it. It's a great opportunity to deal with that shadow aspect of you. And also, and, and also remember something about shadows that I learned only in dealing with them and not avoiding them is that there's something interesting about shadows. You know, I've always, you always say like the, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow, and which is why the people who have really shaped and changed the world artistically uh, um, through different means or leadership and, and loving and philanthropy, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. When you look into these people's lives, it's the other aspect is pretty, pretty dark. But that's, again, a subject to the laws of physics. Yes, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. But that means that that's always true. So if you flip it, when you're dealing with your own shadow, don't, don't get sad about it. Don't get sad that it's there. When you're dealing with your own shadow, recognize that by law, the shadow is proof that on the opposite side, there's a light. A shadow is proof that there is a light source. And at any given time, whether living in or facing that shadow, because that light source has to be there in order for there to be a shadow, that no matter how deep into that shadow, no matter how engulfed and immersed you are in that shadow, if you just turn around, if you just face the other direction, you don't even have to move in the other direction yet. If you just face the other direction, you will see the light and you can work towards the light. And as you navigate that shadow area, you can do so with your focus on the light. And for me, uh, understanding that and, and, and going through that has been an absolute, uh, a game changer and thank you so much for bringing it up Steph yeah you're welcome thank you you should speak for a living or something that was <laughs> really good consider it <laughs> uh well speaking of shadows da -na 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 -da -na -na -na. nice ghosts 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 how many people so we... said when you when you posted that my first thought is first 20 messages are people going to argue with the fact that you called it ghosts instead of spirits was I yeah. was I right or wrong? 
yes, you were the majority. <laughs> it's it's an interesting thing about when you get into metaphysical and um, you know that kind of spiritual conversation is there is a battle of words. Mm-hmm. There's a word battle because there's different traditions and there's different thought process and you know some words are taboo or have lost you know uh, credibility it, you know and that kind of stuff so there's a battle of words and it's interesting when you get into this stuff and it's not like unlike academic world either I I, I wish people knew um, how much of this goes on there as well uh, but when it comes to ghosts. Man, this it's not so much polarizing as far as you believe or not, um, but it is it is a lot it is a lot to do with a word game um, mm. that because there's a lot more writing on it just than just do you believe in ghosts or not. There are entire belief systems that are get attached to this, and in some cases, uh, entire professions that get attached to this. So, so it becomes interesting. But as soon as I saw that word ghost, I said, Oh, here comes, <laughs> here comes the word fight. But I'm really glad that we're having this conversation because here's the thing. So much fun to talk about. So much fun. And people, ha- people wrote a lot of like stories about their, their ghosts experiences. And Dude, I have like so that. many of them. Huh? Yes. I have so many awesome ghost stories, but where I drive people crazy <laughs> is that I, I, I believe in the experience that I have. Like I know the experience I had, mm-hmm. but to me, that does not mean that what I think I experienced is what I experienced. Okay. Yeah. So that right. drives <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> people crazy. You believe in the ghost experience, but not in, an actual person coming to haunt you. You believe I, I won't say something that I, happened. I believe that something happened that made me feel that way. I felt the presence. Mm-hmm. I saw something move. Dude, I've seen shit move. Like so what? I have I have some. It's not like, oh, I felt the presence. No, I saw shit. I I feel like I grew up in a haunted ass house. <laughs> and so that sounds crazy for someone who doesn't necessarily believe in ghosts. And but it it's not that easy for me in saying so. What I believe as far as in ghosts, I'll get into mine a little bit, um, which you'll understand why what I'm saying, even though it drives a lot of people crazy, why it makes sense. Um, and uh, what what were some uh, some people saying? Was it was it about ghost stories and hauntings and that kind of stuff? Yeah, there were yeah there were a lot of people t- just talking about their stories. A lot of uh, people saying. Ghosts, no. Angels, yes. A lot of people saying angel, yes, angels and demons. Um, a lot of people saying, yes, I believe in the Holy Ghost. Oh, um, so you get some spirituality, some religion. Yeah, yeah. And I, I saved a couple. Er- Erica on, I think it was Instagram. Erica on Instagram. She says, well, what we call ghosts are just people having a hard time accepting they've passed over from the earthly plane and crossing over to the spirit world. They are stuck here and need help transitioning. Boom. So, so, um, was that Erica K? Erica Corman. Yeah, I think yeah, her yeah. So was. I know Erica, Erica's, uh, Erica's, uh, uh, she's really cool, but yeah, so that, that's, um, that, that's a that's a a perspective that I don't hold, mm-hmm. but I have friends who hold. Yeah. 
You know, and well, Eric and Erica's one of them. Uh, Erica's one of them. I, I've had an opportunity to sit with Erica. She's really smart, uh, really down to earth, really uh, um, into into this for sure, and mm-hmm. and uh, and quite adept at it. Um, and I don't, I can't negate it. I believe in that experience of that, um, but like, you know, and hear something funny real quick, and I'll get back to that. <laughs> so yeah. one of my buddies, John Edward famous international psychic now for me he's just my friend john just Mm -hmm. like i'm his friend steve i don't really ever talk to him about his work he doesn't ever talk to me about my work uh we've done you know shows together and we start talking about this stuff when the cameras go on and we stop talking about it when the cameras go off the the rest we're talking about business about life we you know personable guy um, really lucky uh, to be uh, friends with another down-to-earth long islander like that uh, we have mm-hmm. a lot of the same kind of uh, social philosophies uh, those introvert <laughs> philosophies <laughs> that you get so so people um uh, him and cat uh, his cousin cat who's also the co-host another hilarious mm-hmm. great these are good people um, <laughs> yeah and uh they gave me a sweatshirt last time I was on. Their community is called the Evolve Community. Shout out to the Evolve Community. Uh, amazing people. And so they gave me a sweatshirt. And uh, I wore the sweatshirt super cozy. I posted it. I tagged him in it. And, uh, him and Kat, thanks so much for the sweatshirt. So we got some messages that were like, oh, you know John Edward. Oh, I love that you guys are friends. <laughs> What's it like to be friends? Like, what do you guys talk about? Like, oh, to be a fly on the wall. We get those kinds of, of messages. <laughs> yeah. And this time, usually I, you know, like messages or thanks or I write he's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, my usual, I get a thousand messages. So I get through these as fast as I can kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But... Because we're quarantined and I was taking more time to answer messages, I decided I'm going to mess with people. So, <laughs> so in, in my way, and I'm only half kidding. And this is where the mind-blowing thing part comes. Instead of just answering, you know, John's awesome. I said, the mind, the, the mind fuck about being friends with John Edward, a world-famous psychic. Mm-hmm. is that my life is so cyclical i am i am i'm a, a creature of habit so i'm conditioned you you could you, you can know what i'm doing on what day based on just what day it is, because i'm i'm such a creature of habit so my life is so cyclical and i keep my circle so small my inner circle so small that i say the mindfuck of of being friends with john is that what if I'm dead and he just doesn't have the heart to tell me? <laughs> what? <laughs> so what, what if to me, he's my friend, John, but yeah. to him, I'm just, you know, Steve spirit number, whatever that talks to him that doesn't know he's dead yet. This is like a meme day 14 in quarantine. Am I dead? <laughs> am, am I dead? So, dead. so I'm, I'm partially joking because it, it could be like what Erica's saying. Like, what if they're having, they're stuck and having help transitioning shit, yeah. Steph, what if that's me? Like, <laughs> maybe what if I'm you don't know. all these things that I'm going through that I'm sharing that all these years that seem to me like 20 years that I'm, you know, bleeding on paper and experiencing uh-huh. all these things. What if this is actually just a flash in the pan 
and <laughs> and really someone that I really resonate with is is somebody who I still wonder how that even works. So mm-hmm. what weird friends we make, but at the same time, if I ever have to, you know, say something or, or say if I feel like I can say something without filter that I know will not be judged, that will mm-hmm. be that there will be an intellectual measured response. It's John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like, shit, what if I'm dead and he just doesn't have the heart to tell me? So for me, these kinds of conversations are fun. Yeah. They are fun. They're mind blowing. They're, you know, if, if, if I was my buddy Manimal uh, and, and on some sort of uh, mind altering drug, I'm sure this would, this would give you the whoa and you just stare at the ceiling for hours. But, mm-hmm. but I, it is a great conversation to have. And back to, back to where I don't know how it's possible. Back to where I conflict with it, where, where someone like Erica, who who writes that that you know they're 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 having a hard time accepting that they're passed over or even the 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 hypothesis that I would be dead and I'm and I don't see it where I have trouble with that is that where we put in consciousness I don't have an issue with ghosts spirits energy I don't have an issue with that I am full 100% in belief of that. And I can 100% know through physics, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only transform. So I know that I'm at atoms and molecules in motion and the atoms and molecules that are in motion that make me, me, when I quote unquote die and this body dissipates into the ground, the energy didn't die. The energy transforms. It goes, these atoms and molecules go somewhere else. They do not disappear. So I can know that through physics. My question becomes consciousness. It becomes, it becomes the idea that you're accepting that you've passed. That takes brain power to experience something takes brain power. Because it takes the collection of data and the definition of data. Remember, your eyes don't see. Your brain tells you what your eyes see. Your eyes collect data and your brain creates a story of that data. So without eyes, without a brain, how is that possible? That's where I am. The frequency that is Steve. I believe that we're all kinds of a frequency, a song that's always playing. And the song is purest when I'm born, right? So the song is purest when I'm born. And then I'm born, I'm raised. I, I have, you know, these bumps and bruises that you get from your parents and these bump and bruises you get from your, from your first love, your second love, your first betrayal, your first victory, like all these things that, that kind of uh, what I was referring to as scars earlier, all of these things create, you know, the version that other people get of you or other people get of your light. And so for me, in doing that, like many of the ancient philosophers, I cut away and simplify as much as I can in my life. And for me, that gives people the most access to my natural born intentional light. Right. So for me, that's how that works. What happens when you die and the the structure of what we call Steve disappears Mm -hmm. don't forget i'm steve through something that's called you know it's in my brain my brain my brain creates the story of steve 
and, and cognitive scientists, keep in mind, cognitive scientists are still arguing about what consciousness is. Never mind where it's generated. Never mind how it works and how you are. They, never mind any of that. They're still arguing about what consciousness is. But they do know that Steve's the story I'm telling myself. And I wake up Steve every day. They're not sure why the, this persistence of self, as they call it. They're not sure why this persistence of self is. But I wake up Steve every day unless I have some sort of brain degradation, some sort of brain malfunction. Maybe there's a little disease. Maybe there's a swelling. Maybe there's a tumor. Maybe there's maybe I hit my head. Maybe I have some sort of disease, Alzheimer's or dementia. Maybe anything like that. And I start losing that Steve story. Sometimes all of it, sometimes aspects of it. There are people you can love, children you have, family members you have, who you love them with all of your heart. But because of this brain issue, you forget who they are. So you don't love them or hate them. They're like someone you see on the street. You say, hey, nice to meet you. You, you nothing them. You know, you, you, you don't have any emotional attachment to them at all, even though you made them or they made you, their family, whatever it is. Um, so I know that can happen with someone alive. Moreover, and that's the power of the brain. Moreover, Steph, when you go get some sort of surgery, let's say you're getting a, a big knee surgery. Mm -hmm. So when you're getting a big knee surgery, notice you're laying in your hospital bed, they prep you for surgery. They don't, they don't rub any sort of numbing anything on your knee. They don't, right. you know, put a needle in there to, to dull the pain. They don't do any of that. They put a little mask over your face and they tell you you're going to fall asleep. And they tell mm -hmm. you to count back from 10 <laughs> and you never get to one like that. You pass right. out pretty quickly. <laughs> so, so they tell you that. So they put this little mask on and you know what they do? They haven't impacted those transmitters of pain, those, those, those nerve endings. They have done nothing to those. All they did was turn off the person who would have received that pain. Mm -hmm. And then they cut you open, <laughs> remove your knee and put in another one without even a twitch from you. And then as you slowly wake up, you're, hold, you're, you're holding this little red button that they're like, hey, welcome back. By the way, mm -hmm. you're going to want to push this thing. <laughs> you're going to want to push this little red button because as soon as you start waking up and realizing you're you, this shit's going to hurt. Yeah. And so that's how powerful your brain is, that mm -hmm. they can cut your body open. And without numbing any part of that body, all they have to do is turn off Stephanie for a little bit. You're still breathing. You're mm -hmm. still breathing. You're still every single mechanism that you have in your limbic system still working. But they turn off the part of you that is Stephanie and they cut you open without a single twitch. That's on a healthy person. And all they have to do is gas your brain a little bit. Right. So how can you tell me that you have the, uh, the awareness of who Stephanie is when your brain is completely turned off and, you know, eats itself away and gone completely? That's what I have problem with. Yeah. If I can, if I can show you a thousand different ways and bring you to a thousand different, um, uh, uh, senior citizen centers or, or, mm -hmm. uh, brain trauma hospitals and show you healthy people 
who have slight brain issues, who have forgotten everyone in their life, including who they are. Mm -hmm. They are going to live plenty of more years, but they just have no sense of self because of a brain issue, a brain, you know, one of the bridges and tunnels closed in your brain and that's it. You don't know who you are. You have no sense of future or past. There's no religion in places like that. There's no sense of spirituality, afterlife. There's no sense of that. Mm -hmm. There's your primal needs and your primal emotion reactions. And the sense of self and story are gone. And those Mm -hmm. are in living, otherwise healthy people. So I just don't see how the sense of story, which is what's required for for people having trouble crossing over or people looking over you and wishing the best for you and loving you, Mm -hmm. all of those things require a brain. Yeah. And so who do you love while who do you love while you're getting surgery on your knee? Anyone who's had surgery like that knows that they turn you off and you turn back on. It feels almost instantaneous. Doesn't even feel like you were Mm -hmm. sleeping. You might have been out Mm -hmm. for hours. It, 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 you turn off and come back on. Who did you love during that? You don't feel anything. You don't know. You're, you're nowhere, right? So, And it's very distinct. It's different than sleeping. So it's very distinct. It's, it's different even than being, being uh, uh, unconscious. It's very distinct. So, so that's the issue I have. Now, where that yeah. issue comes into, into uh, a barrier with experience is that I have my own experiences, including with my mom, who's who's passed away nearly 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm friends with people like John, <laughs> who I don't know what's happening, but I've seen it. That shit's happening. So something's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but I don't think... Or it's not that I don't think, I don't see how it could be what we think it is. Yeah. And so for me, where I've kind of landed on this is that we all are that frequency, that song, let's say. Instead mm-hmm. of saying a light, let's say it's a song. And I'm, I'm a song. So I, me, am a certain song that's playing. And... The song has some sort of wisdom, some sort of whatever. And I try to get out of my own way. You know, when Mm -hmm. I say I bleed on paper, I'm trying to be as transparent as possible for me to relay what song is coming through me onto that paper so that you can you can read it. And and I feel Mm -hmm. this because, Stephanie, you've known me long enough and worked with me long enough that, you know, that there are times that I feel something and I express it sometimes through, you know, through, through words, but it, you know, to get it on there, it took, it took literal tears sometimes and all this stuff. And, and when I settle on it and you, I send it to you and you ask like, is this done? I say it's as close to what I was actually feeling as words can get it. It's not quite there, mm-hmm. but it's as close mm-hmm. as words can get it. And you've heard yeah. me say that. So, yeah. so there's an experiential limitation that, that comes with just being that pure song. Mm-hmm. So I think that when I die, all the bullshit that was Steve, all the limitations that was Steve go away. And now just that song is playing over and over again 
And there are people, not as many as they claim they are, but there are people who are like kind of like those those old illegal cable boxes and they pick up frequencies of shit they're not supposed to be picking up. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. there are people that like, what is that song? Well, that's oh, that's that's a song that used to be called Steve Maraboli. Mm-hmm. And they pick that up and they're, and, and they're able to translate that song to the best of their ability with their own bullshit. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening. And I think that wow. when you have those kinds of ghost stories like I experienced, I'm usually tired or I'm usually thinking about something. Or I'm usually emotionally going through something. All of the veils of my bullshit are kind of lifted and I'm kind of raw. And then I feel sense, see something. Mm-hmm. And we've proven in times of desperate humanity, you know, when, when you're thirsty enough, that the whole idea of a mirage, right? You're mm-hmm. thirsty enough that you you see a pool of water. <laughs> <laughs> like you see yeah. it. It's there. Yeah, you see it. Yeah. It's there. And just don't dive in because it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> but you see it. It's there. And so uh, for me, I think that that's what happened where I Mm-hmm. I am not seeing a conscious version, let's say, of my mom. But I hear her song. Mm-hmm. And I hear how her song would sound in my current situation. And because I hear her song and I feel what it would sound like in my current situation, I feel as though she's there. And in that sense, she is. Mm-hmm. But is she consciously saying, hey, you know, I'm wishing you well and I'm and trying to have a conversation with you kind of thing? I, I don't see how that's possible. Now, also keep in mind that I am a human being with every limitation that comes with human beings. So there could be a million ways that that shit's possible that we simply don't know as far as science goes, there could be a million ways that that's very possible. And I'm looking at this very small scope and saying, that's why I don't think it works, but small scopes, all I have. Yeah. You know, I'll find out when I'm there, you know, I, in the year, <laughs> in, in, in the year 2200, I'll be wherever the hell I was in the year 1800. Yeah. I'll find out where I'll find out where I was when I'm there, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's always a great conversation to have, but that's kind of where, where I am, uh, when it comes to ghosts and spirits and stuff, I think oh. that there's something definitely beautiful there and, uh, definitely that we can learn. It's all the most beautiful songs and lights of the universe. All the ones that have ever existed, I think are here and some people can hear them and we can hear them at certain times. I believe that with all of my heart mm-hmm. where I fall short is when we humanize them Ooh. and we say things like your mom is watching over you. And it's always said to me in such kindness. And I love everyone yeah. who does that because I know you mean me well. And I know that mm-hmm. you believe it, but can I tell you Steph? I hope that's not true. Oh, why? <laughs> You're like, Oh, <laughs> why? No, I hope it's not true. Mm-hmm. Because all parents out there 
Like you can talk and your kids can see you, right? And and here come all the jokes of my kids don't hear me or see me, ignoring me. <laughs> no, but in reality, your your kids do see you and your kids climbing on a fence. You can walk over and grab them and, and help them or they're going to do something wrong. They're in a shitty relationship. You at least, even if they won't listen to you, you do know you have at least the ability to walk over, sit on their bed and talk to them about it and, mm-hmm. and, and cry with them. You have this ability to influence them if they're going to eat something bad or or they're on drugs or something like that, depending on how old they are and what you're going through, you can reach out and get some help for them. Or, or, or if, if they're behaving badly, you can ground them. You have these type of things that you can do because you're here and they're here and you can see it. And, and even if they want to ignore you, they at least hear you. And when they tell you you're annoying, it's because they heard you. And at least (laughs) that's all there, right? Yeah. Imagine you still see and experience all that, but you're in a plane in which they can't hear you or see you. No. No matter how much you say, no, that's bad for you, baby. No, ma- no, that's, no, that person's not good for you. No, get off that fence. You're going to fall. No, but they cannot hear you nor see you. Oh. I hope that shit isn't true. Yeah, that's. I hope that they don't have to, but again, because that's based on consciousness, on the Mm -hmm. consciousness, how I understand it. Maybe there's a level of consciousness I don't understand. And maybe in the eternal things that they don't take life seriously (laughs) as far, because it's such a quick flash in the pan that they Mm -hmm. don't take it seriously. So they're just, they're not worried about it at all. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the entirety of your life is, is a second to them and they don't put any thought to it at all. In, in the scope of all of humanity, I can't imagine that human life, you know, a human lifespan is all that important. If I just gave you two dates, 2,200, first of all, I'm not getting anywhere near 2,200. And, no. and I was nowhere near 1,800. But I just no. gave you two, year, two years that aren't that far apart, both of which I will absolutely not be on planet Earth in this form. Right. So it, maybe it's a flash in the pan. My point is, I have no idea. Side note, neither does anyone else, but, but there is something that can only be described as, as magical because we don't understand it, that, that other people tap into people that I absolutely respect, um, that shows me that there is something there. And my opinion is that's what's there. Mm -hmm. That frequency, that song unencumbered by the heaviness of the human life the most brilliant beautiful light there is unencumbered by our human limitations including the ones you're hearing i have now so i love that you asked that question i love everyone for responding and if you guys want to have more of these discussions uh make sure you message us you message us and 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 we this, this show is for you so you message us and, and, and we'll, we'll get it done. Hopefully, hopefully people are happy with this conversation and hopefully they want to have some more. <laughs> I just, I just think it's interesting that there are different types of ghosts. Like people say there's poltergeist or there's, yeah. uh, you know, spirit, spirit, spirits that can move things, spirits that can't move things, spirits you can see through, spirits that you can't see through. It's just, I feel like there's, so many because there's so many different experiences well because there's like, different experiences so it's what you see some of yeah. some of my uh some of my experiences wasn't just things moving like and i didn't see it move i, I never saw anything move across a room but 
mm-hmm. I, I could swear that I left the shirt hanging one place. And when I went back in the room, it was hanging another place. And, and I, I, I didn't live with anyone. So that shit moved. Mm-hmm. And I'm open to the idea that I thought, you know, but I don't know. But my <laughs> point is, I don't know. But I do know when yeah. I was a kid and growing up in that haunted ass house. <laughs> I, I swear. And, and I didn't. I wasn't into ghosts. And I know every mm-hmm. every person who's into ghosts or every psychic or something listening right now are going to mm-hmm. lose their shit because this really happened. Because <laughs> they're going to have an answer for me and I don't know what the answer is, but I will tell you this shit happened. I wasn't into ghosts. I wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't necessarily afraid of ghosts or anything like that. I mm-hmm. felt like I grew up in a haunted house, but it didn't scare me. I just knew that certain things were weird in that house. There's a feeling that comes with it. But on one occasion, Steph, I was a kid and I wasn't researching this. I don't know anything until I was older. Did I not? I think in mentioning it to someone else, I saw that this also happens to other people. But on one occasion, I was laying in bed and I was getting ready to go to sleep. Remember, this is when you're you're half asleep and the veil is lifting. And (laughs) I felt like I was being watched. Nothing touched me. I felt like I was being watched. And I opened my eyes and looked up and I didn't see anyone. I didn't see anything. However, a car drove by, which sometimes flashes light, would flash a light into, into my bedroom window. And keep in mind, this had happened every day that I lived there. But on this occasion, just moments after feeling a creepy feeling like I was being watched, I opened my eyes and looked and there was nothing there. And then a car drove by and when it put its lights on the window for the brief half a second that it did that, I saw a shadow darker than a shadow and it was clear like a silhouette of a person but the only way i can describe it was a shadow darker than a shadow because the 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 light as it shined it it cast shadows in the room but this stood out this was darker than the rest of the shadows if that makes sense to anyone and it was a fucking silhouette head shoulders I couldn't make any facial features or anything like that, but it was a silhouette of head shoulders, kind of like those those silhouettes that you see like that you shoot at at a firing range. Oh, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like it's really yeah. black and you just see it's the head and the shoulders. Mm-hmm. It was like that, but but you know, uh, you know, almost six feet tall, let's say. Like it was a person size that. Huh. Yes, and and I'm telling you. That shit happened. And it happened in that sequence. Like, I woke up because it was like, wait, I feel like I'm being watched. Mm-hmm. And then moments later, that happened. So something happened. I'm not arguing that. My argument is, is that thing conscious? And if it's as opposed to just a song that's always playing, a frequency that's always on that I happen to tap into because I was half asleep. 
And if it is conscious, how the hell is that? How, how is that? And how does that not redefine everything we think of consciousness? And yeah. if it redefines everything we think of consciousness, then why can I turn you off and operate on your knee? Mm-hmm. So like that's, that's where I am with that. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and I, I go on not afraid of it. I still didn't mm-hmm. stay, I'm stayed afraid. And, and as I get older, the less I am afraid of ghosts. Let me tell you something, Steph, dude, I've been on this earth for a while and I've been, I've been dealing in business and with people for, for two decades. And, uh, I'm not afraid of ghosts, spirits, <laughs> poltergeist. I'm not afraid mm-hmm. of any of that. My life experiences have taught me to be much more afraid of what a human is capable of in broad daylight than what a ghost is capable of at night. <laughs> oh my God. But we should keep this conversation going. We're running up on an hour already. So let's. Wow. Uh, that's who knew that a ghost conversation would go. But I bet you people are enjoying this. If you're enjoying this, please share this podcast. Tell people about this podcast and share it on your social media. It's the only way we grow. I have never spent a dollar, not a dollar advertising this stuff. I, I, I don't believe in that as far as marketing yourself that way. I don't believe in that stuff. Let's just have these conversation. If it, and if it does inspire, empower or entertain or inform you, then share it with your friends. We share so much nonsense, share something Mm -hmm. that might empower, inspire somebody. uh, And that's how our show grows. And that's, that's why we're able to reach. uh, We have a, we have a, a, a very huge following, but we're able to reach millions of people, multiples of our following because we put out good content. So help people find that content um, and, and know that they can follow our page and they're not going to be bombarded with, uh, with marketing and selling. All of you out there listening right now have listened to me and read my stuff long enough to know that uh, you'd be hard-pressed to see us advertising anything ever. How, I've been a, a best-selling author since 1999, and we even rarely talk about our books. You know, when, when they're starting to come out, and I know it drives you crazy, Stephanie, because you are yeah. a marketing genius, and I'm probably the only one of your clients that, that doesn't want to talk about products. <laughs> but, uh, but you see that that's, that's where I come from with this. And, and so uh, you know, we have the book coming out, uh, and then I, I, I didn't even want to put a, out a book now because we have a pandemic and thousands mm-hmm. of people dying. I'm not going to be like, Hey, and check out my new book. I'm not <laughs> no. doing that. I know other people are nothing against you. I'm just not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it'll come out in July, but for those of you share, share, let people know about this podcast, our pages, whatever it is. Uh, and we really appreciate that. Okay. We're going to go on to, that was a really interesting conversation on ghosts. Okay. I hope you guys all like that. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. I'm so you, I'll tell up. you why. Because you wanted why? to keep going. Because you know I have more stories and you're, yes. you're, you want to do like story time with Steve. However, I have to do other stuff today. So let's knock this out. And if they want oh. to, if they want more, we'll do more for sure. Okay. And, and maybe Go I can even convince uh, uh, John to come on and have this conversation with me. That would be awesome. All right, we're going to answer. We're going to do it. Wait. Okay. Do you want to go in? Let's do a question, and then we're going to end with. Okay. 
Okay, so this is from Kirsty in Indiana. She says, I feel so overwhelmed, like I'm drowning. I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Do you ever have moments like this? And how do you stay positive in the depths? I always have moments like that. So thank you so much. I do have moments like that. And a lot of times um, I don't stay positive. I'm comfortable with my dark, as I, as I mentioned to you. I think that both are necessary. It's, it's just energies. It's what you do with it that matters. So again, nuclear energy can light up a city and, and light up schools and hospitals. It could also destroy a city. It's, it's, it's not the energy that matters. It's how you use it. So if you're having dark moments, take, take that time to see what it's teaching you, what's making it dark, what's triggering that darkness, that insecurity, that anger, that, that volatility, what's triggering it, and, and how can you uh, use that for something good, and, or how could you limit the bad you do with it? And, and it's always a growing process. Kirsty, anyone who tells you they have it figured out and this is how to do it, run for your life. They're about to sell you something. Nobody has it figured out any more than, you know, at 45 years old, I'm like, whoop, figured it out. This is just what I'll look like forever. No, I'm going to get more gray hair because they keep peer pressuring the others. So I'm going to get more gray hair. I'm going to, my skin's going to change a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to have to may tune up my diet some more. I don't know. But I do know that if I look at a picture of myself from 10 years ago, I look vastly different. So therefore, if I look at a picture of myself 10 years from now, I'm going to be like, wow, that's 45 year old me. There's change that I don't control. Right? So instead of trying to control change, recognize that we are change. And so let's ride that and, and embrace the power of that change. So how do I stay positive in darkness? I use the darkness for something positive, for something that, that I can benefit from. If even just to understand myself, it, it, it's, it, if, if, if even myself, I can just say, okay, so uh, uh, I, I can learn this and I can be a part of this and, and, and I can, I, I can take this, the, the darkness of this, and use it for something in the future. Because it's going to come back. Anyone's like, oh, I'm always positive. I always, ah, just let go and be fearless and all those type of things. That's, that's a recipe for becoming a sociopath. And so if you're not already a sociopath, you can't become one. <laughs> So, so embrace those fears and those glitches and those insecurities. And as you develop the, the embracing of them and recognizing of them, they will dissipate. They don't always disappear, but they mm -hmm. dissipate. And the role they have in your life is minimized because you took control instead of running away, instead of letting it grow wildly. And that's just, that's just how to how that happens and again anyone that tells you different Kirsty, is isn't is maybe intentionally or unintentionally misleading you because the reality of it is that um is that you're you're in this process always and you're always going to find some sort of darkness some sort of dark aspect to you Remember, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. So any one of your gurus, any one of the people you look up to, historically even, if they were a super bright light, you may not know it through reporting, but you can be 100% sure there's a shadow that's just as dark as the light is bright. 
Oh, oh, I, I love that last line. Um, thank you, Kirsty, and big hugs. Big hugs. Big All hugs. Right. Let's do. All right. Let's do story time. Let's okay. do Steve reads. All right. So story time with Steve. Let's um. Um. What do we have? What What do you, do you want to do? Steal fire from the gods. That's a little bit of a longer one, but it's a it good is. conversation not... to have anyway. <laughs> It is a good conversation. So we're talking about. I'll do steal fire from the gods. So this is a this is was a blog post. Uh, the, maybe the most popular blog post of our 2019 was this post uh, steal fire from the gods. And you find these blog at, at stevemariboli.net, right? So yes. um, steal fire for, from the gods was the was the preface the the foreword of the book whispers of genius echoes of madness which comes out was supposed to come out on my birthday here in april uh but is coming out in july because of the global pandemic again i'm not going to be like hey buy my book it's not going to happen it's just not going to happen so we pushed it to july um but the foreword of whispers of genius echoes of madness is 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 a piece called Steel Fire from the Gods, where we talk about darkness and we talk about past and we talk about wisdom and scars and good decisions, bad decisions. And we were able to see this not because time heals, but because perspective heals. So when Steel Fire from the Gods uh, was, was my uh, almost like a therapy counseling confessional of, of my early days and my relationship to truth and and to to gaining um uh, to gaining employment or to uh, to gaining position in even even financially so it was it was my uh conversation about this because so many years of people talking about this and 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 sharing their own journeys and feeling like theirs is different like theirs is vastly different than what mine would would have been um and uh, and so I felt that it was important to and I and I talked about it, Steph, throughout the years I had talked about it. Uh, I've been pretty open and honest about about the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. But I never really went into into uh, deep conversation about it like I had been doing last year. Mm-hmm. Last year I talked about it on several podcasts and so, so stuff because I knew that the time was right to just to just have this conversation. And so Steel Fryer from the Gods was the preface of, of Whispers of Genius, Echoes of mad, Madness. So I'll read that and share that with all of you now. And again, this blog is on stevemariboli.net. Steel Fire from the Gods. Patterns repeat. I was 22. I was recently honorably discharged from military police veteran who had just completed a decorated enlistment in the United States Air Force. As other veterans can attest, transition into civilian life isn't always smooth. The credentials that validate and advance your military career don't often translate into the real world. It was not uncommon to feel disheartened after sharing all my military achievements and educational courses with a potential employer, only to be asked a simple question, but uh, do you have a college degree? After a few missed and much-needed opportunities, I finally changed my answer. Uh, An untruth, a lie, a deception, a misrepresentation. Setting the course for my undying commitment to self-education and excellence for the next two decades. Of course, 
The joke is on me. The problem with a short lie to get into the door is that you have to keep it going as long as you're performing the function you were hired to do. What you short-sightedly see as an embellishment to check a box ends up becoming a permanent part of your resume. There's no turning back. Sometimes fake it till you make it requires more than just doing the actual. I know a lot of mental health professionals who make far less effort to stay abreast of cutting-edge research and findings than I do. Maybe they find security in their license and don't feel the need to advance their knowledge behind, uh, beyond minimum standard. Maybe they aren't nervous like I am to be caught off guard and appear anything but at the very top level of the field. This feeling that I lacked security ha has been a vital factor in keeping me at the top of the field. But wait, wasn't it wrong? Getting into a room by saying you're something you're not, then working your ass off to become it, and more, isn't that still wrong? Yes. Yes, it is. But the younger version of myself was an endless reservoir of excuses and justifications. Because of my single-minded dedication to helping others, not to marketing, not to selling seminars or to push products, not to offer retreats, but to simply learn everything I could to help others and sharing it freely, I felt I was on a journey similar to Prometheus. So in Greek from, uh, mythology, the titan Prometheus stole fire from the gods and he gave it to the people. As you can imagine, the people were greatly impacted and the trajectory of their life and their paths were forever propelled into a positive direction. But the gods, they were pissed. The gods liked having the power over the people and that the people couldn't access the fire without jumping through the gods' hoops and meeting their insatiable demands. Well, Prometheus removed that barrier and he shared the fire without condition. The people considered this an act, a, a, a heroic act, but the gods considered it the gravest of crimes, and they had him tortured. They smeared his reputation and finally killed him. It is those of us who have been broken that become experts at mending. Let me in. I, I just wanted to be in the room with the people. <laughs> no matter what their profession or education, I felt I had information that I can help them change their lives. I wanted to share all of the things I wish someone had shared with me. I, I, I wanted to share all the things I wish someone had told me. I had a universal philosophy and a strategy that over the course of years, I had proven incredibly effective in helping people in their lives. Let me in. What happens in Vegas? Every day, countless organizations are having an annual convention, huge rooms filled with people who are waiting to hear a speaker make them laugh and inspire them to think. I just wanted to get in that room. Let me in the room. Let me in the room to reach these people. Let me in the room. Let me give them something they can use in any aspect of their lives. If you had told me I needed to be an astronaut to get in that room, I would have said, of course. And I would have told you how beautiful space was. Let me in that room. 
I was, was I acting on an inner calling of God's whisper? Or was I living a delusional echo of self-importance by being so dedicated to a mission and, and service that, that nobody even requested? I, I don't know. But in the scores of the years that have passed, of course, has rocketed out of my mouth when it shouldn't have, more times than I could possibly count. Looking back, confirmation bias provides a retroactive continuity, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. that paints a, a bumpy road that led to a beautiful current location. I'm able to freely share my story thus far because it worked out. <laughs> by, by misrepresenting myself years ago and aggrandizing academic and employment prowess, I forced myself to step up and become even more than what I said. In the end, like Robin Hood, Prometheus was a liar and a thief. On my darkest days, I would see myself as no more than that, and on my lighter days, I would appreciate the incredible impact my actions have had on the lives of so many beautiful strangers. On days I reflect on the length, depth, and breadth of my life's actions, I see the history and, and possibly the full range of, of humanity. It's true. I, I, I can lie. I can cheat. I can steal. I can hurt. I can betray. I can help. I can empower. I can heal. I can impact. I can love. I can teach. People can, can ask why I sometimes chose the, the most difficult road, but I reply, why do you assume I see two roads? And maybe your life is simpler than, than that. Mine is now, but it wasn't. I have no further need to misrepresent. I, I, I cannot forget that I was carved into the man I am now by the same sword I used to commit my sins. I don't always wrestle my demons. Sometimes we struggle. We snuggle. After so many years of helping people around the world, I, I get accolades for being a good guy, and I believe myself to be one, but I am usually quick to remind people that there is no saint here. I've attained wisdom from life's experiences, the positive, the negative, the destructive, the nourishing. I have been medicine for some and poison for others. I've learned a lot about heaven from aligning with the angels, and I've learned a lot about hell from acting like a devil. I offer my scars what you call wisdom, seeds of knowledge that have been watered by tears and flowers of hope that are nourished by love. It's a garden. It's a garden of experience made beautiful by self-acceptance. The insights I have gathered from my comfort of living within both the light and the shadow. I know who I am. I am just as comfortable taking a selfie in hell as I am taking one in heaven. But who are you? What would you do to provide for your family? What if you worked a regular job and just made it by each month? But knew you had the knowledge and ability to achieve so much more with just one lie. You can completely give your whole family a better life. Would you do it? I did. And because I did, the best, worst, 
funniest, saddest, beautiful, ugly, serene, and chaotic life followed. I used questionable methods to get where I am, but there's no question on the positive impact my journey has had on this world. I guess I found solace in the idea that if it were a crime, it would be a victimless one. I am merely sharing insights and practical ideas for positive changes in people's lives. I've received thousands upon thousands of emails and messages from around the world, people thanking me for the amazing effect my words have had on their lives. Each day, my words reaching millions around the world in some languages I didn't even know existed. But it's still wrong, right? Is it worth it? Do I, have, do I just have a delusional self of grandeur? Or did I previously have a delusional sense of insignificance? I don't know. It's been said that the crazy ones are the ones who change the world. It's because time and perspective have a funny way of shaping contemporary madness into visionary genius. For me, it was the right, wrong thing to do. I felt like there were so many organizations claiming to help, but none offering anything that was truly helpful. Most were either complete bullshit or just helping enough to get you to buy their product. Chasing the, of course, has propelled me to the top of two fields. I've become synonymous with leadership in fields uh, which I originally lacked credentials. Schools I once couldn't afford to attend have me speak and teach students seeking those same credentials. There's a small number of academics who will mock and judge me, for, but, but they also have to keep in mind that they have many colleagues who quote and reference me. In business, I've become the go-to for many top corporations in the world. In behavioral science and psychology, I'm quoted and referenced by all of the top publications and have been a driving influence for the, for the advent of a new field of experiential psychology. The small number of the academics, those same small numbers, can turn up their noses at me if they like. But if they're so brilliant, if they're so brilliant, why don't I see them in these boardrooms? Where are they at these big events testing their ideas and practical application? Where are they in the real world? Where are their letters signifying the impact they have had on the lives of others? Why do they fear the rogue thinker and researcher? Especially since it's rogue thinking researching that has been the shaper of each field and its advancement. It's an interesting thing to see people take sides. The side they choose is far more of a flag of who they are than, than who I am. There is no doubt the people who received the fire from Prometheus were okay with his message, even though uh, they preferred, an, uh, preferred a more honest route. But the gods and those who felt ownership over the fire those who were intimidated by an empowered public, they undoubtedly found his actions deplorable and dedicated themselves to ending his impact. I'm confident I understand business methodologies and intricacies of group dynamics at an elite level. Moreover, you would be hard-pressed to find someone who could identify, understand, deconstruct, and rebuild personal behavior than I can. The road to this point was bumpy, messy, painful, grueling, uh, 
and every bit of the fiery hell that forges the steel of character. My words are everywhere. From heart-melting romance, to tear-jerking insight, to eye-opening observation, to game-changing methodologies, my impact is everywhere. My credentials, experience, and effectiveness are unquestionable. But while the reach and positive impact of this fire, this light, is without dispute, it is the shadow of the road journeyed that sometimes weighs heavy. With this book, Whispers of Genius, Echoes of Madness, we turn the page on these eventful years by sharing the numerous quotes you have all become familiar with and have the the kindness to share. This foreword is as much of a throat-clearing therapy session for me as it was an intro to this body of work. To this day, sometimes when I ask for forgiveness, it's because I know I don't deserve it. I have spent a lifetime catching up to the lies I've told. The struggle to turn lies into truths has made me who I am today. It's a struggle that continues and one that millions of people around the world have benefited from. For me, this makes for an incredibly complicated relationship with what many would consider reprehensible behavior. In my heart, I know it's the wrong thing to do. In my mind, the positive impact of this journey is indisputable. It's such a weird feeling to seek forgiveness and validation at the same time. The brighter the light, the darker the shadow. It is genius. Is it genius or is it madness? Will it be the case that time and perspective will oscillate in revealing it as both? Of course. And that is the forward to Whispers of Genius, Echoes of Madness. Buckle wow, up. Wow, thank you. Yeah, buckle up. <laughs> buckle up. Hey, folks, I really appreciate you listening to the show. I really appreciate you sharing this journey with me. Even, even the beginning bumpy parts, the middle parts, all the things, I appreciate you sharing this journey with me. Uh, and, and as we continue to grow, we continue to impact the world. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this show. Thank you for sharing it. Please uh, check out our social media pages. Steve Maraboli everywhere. Check it out. Make sure you... you uh, Connect with the blue verified check mark. Uh, it is the only verified pages. Those are our only pages. Anyone else is telling you they're me and they do not have a blue verified check mark, that is not me. It's more likely that shadowy spirit I saw, but definitely <laughs> not me. So make sure you check that out uh, and share, share, share. I really appreciate it. Steph, thanks for coming back on this week. We'll do it again next week. Awesome. Sounds good. This is a Steve Maraboli podcast, Whispers of Genius, Echoes of Madness. We'll catch you next time. See you next time.